This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, I'm crushing your head. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome everyone once again to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and this week my friends Chris and Eric will be joining me for a chat about The Kids in the Hall. The Kids in the Hall was an early 90s, late 80s, early 90s sketch comedy from Canada, uh, in the vein of Monty Python and other contemporaries at the time, like the state. Uh, and it was a real favorite of ours at the time. We're going to take a look back at it, see if any of it holds up, and uh, talk about that, as well as, of course, the usual dollop of the fresh shit where we talk about the more recent things we've been watching, reading, or otherwise doing. As always, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it on iTunes or wherever you can rate them, share it with your friends in your social feeds, and uh, check us out on our website. We are at maghuge.com. That's M-A-G-H-U-G-E.com. And there you can find links to hit us up on our social feeds. On Twitter, we are at maghuge. We're the Magnificently Huge Podcast on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And you can email us uh, at magnificentlyhuge at gmail.com. All right, with no further ado, let's get to the show. Magnificently Huge Podcast, an essential service. Yes, like a strip club, right, Chris? Uh, I wouldn't know anything about that. You're the You're one in Texas. Texas. Uh, well, yeah, there's strip clubs in Texas, apparently. And I they're guess. they're they're um, an essential service uh, in are. Texas. Well, so are fucking gun shops. Jesus Christ. It's yes, like, just like they are for me in Arizona. Yeah. I mean, By the way, I'm Brian. Hi. Are the gun shops open? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You oh, can there you are. Closed. You can still get guns. You know, and then meanwhile in Michigan, people are storming the state house because they need to go to Chili's. I mean, it's just, you know, armed insurrection so they can have a cheeseburger. It's crazy. Crazy. Texas is awesome. No, it's not. Hey, welcome everyone to the podcast that was recorded before <laughs> the Civil War started. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is the Magnuson the Huge podcast. Uh, yeah. Just I, I, We heard, yeah. Uh, yeah. The other guy is Eric, by the way. I was trying to. I'm Eric. This. But that that's Eric. That's Eric. This is Chris, and we're talking about where we are right now in the de-evolution of uh, um of Everything. America. Yeah. Holy and shit! And so, yeah, play Devo. Some people are tired of hearing about COVID-19, but honestly, this is like therapy for us to actually talk about it. So yeah. fast forward like a minute. <laughs> if you really This is what we do for it. intros now. Check the show notes. There's timestamps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the state of things. Well, I went to get breakfast tacos yesterday morning, uh, ordered them for curbside pickup, and the place that we go to, you pull up in the designated spot, and then you text them the number of the spot you're in in your order, et cetera, and say, I'm here. And then the person in the mask brings it out and puts it on a little uh, stool in front of your car, and then you go retrieve it and leave. Well, I'm sitting there waiting to get my tacos yesterday morning, and these two middle-aged people walk up, this couple, and no masks, 
They're standing in front of the door, reading the signs, because it's like, are they open? Or are they not? Oh, I have to order? So right when my food comes out and the girl puts it on the, the stool, the woman in front of the door maneuvers in front of my food to read the signs so she can start texting in her order. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, this is how people are social distancing here in Texas, and I wish they would all fucking die. I honestly do, because it's like, <laughs> what is the goddamn point of social distancing if you're going to stand right over my food, breathe all your shit all over it, and then, you know, make it impossible for me to stay safe? I was so irritated, and I'm like, this is the new normal now. It's just, ugh. Yeah, so. yeah I, I, I had to go to the store, and there was a guy walking down, you know, no mask, walking down the aisle, and coughing openly without even like covering his mouth <laughs> and then like i'm wearing a mask my wife is wearing a mask you know we're keeping our distance and then the guy angles to come directly towards us and get as close it's like you're trying yeah to get close to me fuck you yeah it's yeah. just it's just ridiculous so yeah i could really go for another month of state closure uh but our governor's <laughs> kind of a wishy-washy douche republican who just wants to notch his belt and say, yeah, we got the, the economy reopened. Fuck all of you. Like, that's <laughs> it's not- about getting people off of unemployment insurance. Yeah, I mean, basically. It's, it is. Yeah. So it's, yeah. We've, we see your ruse. We know what's going on. Here, here's the thing, everybody uh, who can hear my voice. Um, my job depends on the airline industry. So all of you who want to exercise your freedom, would you please buy plane tickets and fly places? Yeah. Please go do that. Yeah, fly to Georgia. Catch a show. Yeah. yeah. And get yourself a, a, a Columbia sportswear jacket before you go. Pack one of those Columbia sportswear jackets. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and search. That would be that would be the yeah. cool thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yes. I, so, yeah. I, I kinda I you know, part of me is like I, I would love for all these people who want to not be indoors to die of COVID virus without it infecting anyone. It's like if we could figure out a way to let them do this to themselves great i'm amazed that i mean i know that some corporate interest is behind getting these assholes to do this nonsense you know but how do you get this many people to act against their own benefit you know really like well that's what that's what irritates me is like these armed insurrectionists in places like michigan uh who storm the capital with their weapons and don't and nothing happens to him, by the way. So that's like the epitome of yeah. white privilege, which is awesome. But they're in there bitching about their right to be able to do this and do that. It's like, well, so basically, you want to trample over my right not to get a deadly disease yeah. and spread it <laughs> across the whole population. It's like there's a disconnect somewhere, and I am so furious every time I turn on the TV and see the news. Yeah. Furious. Yeah, I, my brother sent me the the poem. A mob of MAGA persuasion conducted a state house invasion. Though heavily armed, they parted unharmed, and that's how you know they're Caucasian. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Boom. That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I t- I saw someone yeah. who took to calling him uh, midlife ISIS. That was probably the best one I saw. So. Well, these. I mean, yeah, these <laughs> yeah. are all. I saw hilarious, but yeah. I mean, like the problem is these are all the, you know, the 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 jocks from from high school who like kind of get a pass on junk like this uh man these shows have been really uh, dark the last yeah. month or so haven't i think they? it's because just, i have to do off all of my roll. my my work in my man cave here and so it's like it's just been invaded <laughs> with reality <laughs> mentally yeah it's fun 
It's so, fun. so you guys want to talk about movies and TV and pop culture and other fresh shit? Yes. Sure, why not? This shit is fresh. Fresh shit. This is the segment where we talk about stuff we've been watching or reading or crocheting at this point. What what you got? Um, Rachel Maddow uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> wow, a little bit of escapist fun. And we're right back in. <laughs> a little bit of escapist. Fun. I don't know. Uh, I, honestly, though, I've I've had trouble like watching or getting into anything. I yeah, I got nothing. Unfortunately. Are you not? Are you not even reading a book this oh, week? Oh, uh, I'm reading Gore Vidal's Burr, uh, but I've read that before. It's one of my favorite books. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I love Aaron Burr because while he was, you know, sort of a, I don't know, an asshole, he was very, very honest about being an asshole. He's he's probably the most American of our founding fathers because he used the system and didn't give a shit. Nice. I don't know. And he killed Alexander Hamilton, who was kind of a bitch. And and what's great about the way Gore Vidal writes about the founding fathers is he 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 doesn't really care. He he'll he'll tell you about how uh, uh, Jefferson was was a user and um, how Washington had a big ass. He, he, it's it's fun. Okay, Gore Vidal. Okay, <laughs> so still read because you were reading that last. Yeah. Time. So still, still reading, because gotcha. I got to do okay. all this uh, uh, work must at be, home, that must be- and uh, I got to think about you know how 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 I'm gonna rob people on the highway in a month when when the economy falls apart. <laughs> yeah, or when all the meat runs out and people have to become vegetarians. Yeah. That's gonna be good too. <sighs> but yeah, <laughs> well, so uh, any fun movies or TV? <laughs> So, have, did anybody catch that uh, that Chris Hensworth thing on Netflix, Extraction, yet? I did not. Oh, I hear God. it was directed by the stunt coordinator for the Avengers movie. Yeah, they they tried to pull a John Wicky kind of thing, uh, and basically, a, an action movie with the generically titled Extraction is as generic as you would expect from a generic title like Extraction. Uh, it's just, it's so pointless. Uh, and the violence is so over the top. Oh. Just, like, hardcore violence. I mean, it's like, oh, that didn't need to really be in there. That just oh, doesn't yeah? quite fit. That's a little too much. Like, yeah. how? Uh, uh, like, just skulls splitting. Yeah. Uh, okay. People getting shot and stabbed. Oh. I mean, it's it's just so over the top excessive as to become sort getting of... Getting shot and stabbed, uh, I don't care, but like, I want to see like a yeah. pipe go through somebody's head. I, I want to see real violence. Yeah. I mean, it's... Because that's what I I'm going to do they when kind I'm of robbing was... people on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> well, they... Go to Michigan, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, it's, uh, it's Hemsworth playing uh, a haunted special ops guy, and they're always fucking haunted. Yeah. Uh, this one by the death of his child or something. Uh, and so he's got a death wish. And it pretty much just drops him into a thing where they have to go get the kidnapped kid of a... In, or a oh, I guess he's, he's an Indian drug lord. And his kid was abducted by a Bangladeshi drug lord and held for ransom so he's got to go get the kid and then everything sort of devolves from Sounds there like it, man it literally on fire. just becomes like a john 
Yeah, it's just it's that it's like John Wick. It's just it's John every Wick action movie from Bangladesh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's literally I'm watching it going. Oh, this is sort of like Escape from New York, but with amped up violence. It's like the raid level yeah. violence before. People were really uh, it, making good action films like they are now. They made bad ones. Go watch Man on Fire yeah. and see Denzel Washington stick a bomb in a guy's butt. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Sticks a bomb yeah. in a guy's butt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, this one's full of like, uh, like what they wanted to do is do seamless shots of action, like a car chase where they do minimal edits, but they put it all together to look like it's this five-minute-long thing. Right. And, I, and I'm like... coordinator of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's just... And it's obviously something that was made for Netflix. I mean, it's, you know... I hate to say it, uh, but it just wasn't very engaging because it's every action movie I've ever seen, ever, all rolled into, like, this 90-minute package. Uh, and I didn't care. And then it's got this ambiguous ending where did he or did he not actually die? Because uh, they want to bring him back. Uh, his character's name is the not generic at all Tyler Rake. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, they just pile all of this just generic crap onto it. And then they just send Hemsworth in to just kick ass and take names and Ugh. kill people and destroy cars and shit. Uh, and literally, I like drifted off halfway through and I'm like, yeah, this is really kind of ho hum. But this is a really good test case for uh, nominating Hemsworth to do any sort of actual reboot of Commando. He would be really good in it, because that's basically all it was. Uh, so that was my thinking. Oh, so I was like, Commando yeah. is entertaining and fun. I, what I hear is that this movie like forgets to be fun, and it's, it's just it's, like... yeah. It, dark and serious all the time. Yeah, and, it basically and, and doesn't like get goofy. Yeah, it tried to do John Wick, but took all of the fun out of it. Because remember, when, like John Wick Three, Parabellum was just so over the top because they understand that it's just ridiculous and it's there to just be entertaining. And this one, they tried to I don't know ground it in something a little bit more real, and it fails spectacularly. I mean, it's just so. <laughs> and the, you know, and then to call it Extraction, it's like, uh, okay, there's like ten other movies named Extraction, so good job there designating it away from the herd. Uh, appreciate that. So yeah, but that's the newest Netflix sensation. Uh, Hemsworth really, he's he's still having trouble busting out of that non-Marvel universe. You know what I mean? And the good thing he's still got a couple more Marvel movies. To go. <laughs> yeah, that new Thor's coming out. Checks. Yeah. So. New Thor, he'll be in one of the Guardians movie, right? Like, yeah, he's, you know they tried to uh, get him yeah. into Star Trek Four before that whole production fell apart because he is Kirk's yeah, dad. I, I, I saw that. One. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. And what we really need to do with Star Trek is continue to keep going back yeah. to the well. That's yeah. I think that's mm. that's yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for now so yeah so if you're uh, thinking about seeing extraction on netflix uh think twice honestly just go watch commando you'll have more or fun the, and the, even though you probably the seen ridiculous commando. eight or whatever that was with uh, uh ryan reynolds netflix is big oh, on buying thing. shit action yeah. movies aren't they yeah yeah well i mean they sell whatever and we don't have any theaters open right now. Ooh, so, maybe that's the know, thinking. Okay. They had like all of these on the back burner and they're like, everyone's stuck at home. Roll them out now. 
<laughs> yeah, get them out gonna now, watch it anyway. Now, now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was really sort of my disappointing watch of the week, but whatever. Uh, I also do want to give a shout out to another uh, podcast out there called Vintage Video. And their shtick is they, starting in the year 1980, they're actually watching in order all the major releases from the years, uh, starting with 1980. Oh, God. Uh, and then talking about it. And they, they had commented on our uh, latest show, the Giorgio Moroder, on our Twitter oh. feed. And, uh, and they had mentioned the movie Foxes from 1980. And apparently Moroder and Donna Summer are all over that. And we totally just missed it when we did our show on Moroder. Right. So I thanked them for Well, that. he's done so much uh, soundtrack work. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that one fell right into our blind spot. Uh, so I thank them for that. So that's a shout out to the vintage yeah. podcast. Nice. So, yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, that's, I got nothing. I just stared at the wall I all week. We should give a link to vintage video podcast in, in the show notes. This, this, uh, this episode. Why not? Uh, right. Sh- yeah, sure. Let's do it. We'll give them a link. Maybe they'll give yeah. us a link. We'll well, all nine of our yeah. listeners will run on over there. And hopefully we'll get all nine of theirs. I don't even know how many listeners they have. Maybe that was maybe that was shade. I don't know. <laughs> any other uh any other fresh shit, Chris? Uh nothing really worthwhile. Uh honestly. All right. You know, I don't want to take I up a lot of time. Ahead. We got we got plenty to talk about today and yeah, I got nothing. All right. So I've actually got a few things I want to hit. Um, so speaking of uh, movies that should be in theaters right now, but instead are on video on demand, uh, I rented and watched a new film called Extraordinary. Black magic. That was getting a lot of promotion at the Alamo Drafthouse uh, before they shut it Is it particularly down. ordinary? What's that uh, about? Extraordinary is, it's, it's, if you watch the trailer, they make it look like it's going to be this horror comedy, but it's really just kind of a quaint little Irish film that happens to be about a woman who can do exorcisms and uh, a, a failed old musician played by Will Fort or Forte or however you pronounce his name. Forte. Um, yeah. McGruber. Um, yeah who is a Satanist trying to sacrifice a virgin to get uh, a new hit song. And um, it is this quirky little Irish comedy with a small cast. It was shot on a, on a small budget, and uh, it's quite funny, actually. It was worth my five bucks. Okay. Um, <laughs> you could do a lot worse. <laughs> I mean, um, than, I saw Extraction, so uh, yeah, the bar's pretty oh, low yeah, for me. Oh, no, yeah, this, no, this has Will Forte whistling and singing a song to Satan, you know, and okay. ghosts. Yeah, Will Forte, it's like he's got a very special set of skills. <laughs> it's like you're either on board with his brand of comedy or you're just like, fuck off. I mean, that's really, there's no in-between with him, yeah. I find. That's the problem with uh, uh, Last Man like, on yeah, Earth is that, like... He's yeah. carrying it, and so it's like you have to really be on board, or else, because he's you're gonna yeah. you're gonna be stuck with well, him for the next couple of years on this show. That's just yeah. it. He's not the lead. Okay, the lead is this is this charming woman and this other guy, neither of whom I recognize from anything. Uh, I think the guy might have been in um, that Christmas zombie musical that I can't remember the name of now, uh, and of and the apocalypse. I think he was in that somewhere, but. Um, 
it's really about them and their adventures in this little Irish town exercising the ghosts, uh, and and then Will Forte is the villain eventually. Uh, it's good. It's okay. Good. Check okay. it out. Extraordinary. Particularly Extraordinary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I also, in an effort to try and watch good movies, uh, we, we spun up Booksmart on Chris's recommendation. Yes! That was a pleasant surprise. It right? Was, I, I'm not really interested in, you know, the the love longings of teenagers at this point in my life, but this one works anyway. It, it was a good movie. It was it was a refreshing take on the whole shenanigans of your normal teen adventure comedy. I was ple- yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised and there was enough in it to hook me uh, that I still stand by it being my favorite movie from last year. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's got the structure of a you know oh my gosh we got to get laid at the end of our senior year teen sex comedy but from the perspective of Ivy League smart lesbians right so yeah good stuff <laughs> it's just fun the one girl what uh what's her character's name Francesca like the girl that just shows up randomly <laughs> like oh, every other yeah. scene it's so funny because <laughs> it's like whoa where the fuck have did a you come from bent. yeah yeah. Because some of those characters just don't make any sense at all. Yeah. None of that would actually work out that way. But yes, oh, there's no. a character who just keeps appearing everywhere they go and and being obnoxious and uh, and generally ambivalent to them. Yeah. Uh, it, it's good. It's it works. Good. Book smart, pleasant surprise. Yay. Um, while we're shouting out podcasts, I sent Chris and Eric a link to this, but there's a podcast called Reply All. And they have a an episode, a recent episode, um, called "The Case of the Missing Hit." It's their episode number one fifty eight. I don't know if either of you guys actually listened to that. Not no. yet. Oh my god! Okay, so it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's the story of a guy who has got a song stuck in his head. This is all true life stuff. Like they have, they call themselves like super tech support or something. And this guy wrote to them and is like, help me figure this out. I have this song stuck in my head and I can't find it anywhere. I can't, if I Google the lyrics, I can't find it. I can't Shazam it. I can't anything. And they just go down this rabbit hole of, of trying to figure out what this song is and why no one can remember it. And they interview all sorts of interesting people and they go to absurd lengths to figure it out. It's good stuff. That's, Won't spoil it. Listen that's to that stupid. Podcast. I already know what the song is. Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around. Wow. Desert you. Well, it's just, it's funny to I think just about fucked up that sort everyone of thing. listening. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for the thanks for the Rick roll. That's more of a dick roll. But, whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's funny to think about what we had to do in the age before the internet was at our fingertips. And you had shit like that. Yeah. And like, half, like 99% of the time, you'd never be able to figure it out. And it would just drive you insane until you eventually gave I up. I always picked like one song. I have one song in my repertoire in my head that like, it's an earworm as well. And so I start humming that to get rid of whatever's stuck in my head. And they sort of cancel each other out. <laughs> it works. Yeah. I remember driving like around. I'm not going to tell you what yeah. it is because then the magic will be gone. It's like Inception. If I let well, you touch here's, my here's top, a fun trick it doesn't too. work. Uh, I remember driving around with our friend Chris uh, and he had a new 
Toyota Tercel, but it was like the base model. So there was like literally just car with air conditioning, no radio or anything. So it was a really quiet ride. <laughs> and when you, when he would turn on the, the turn signal, it would click. And I noticed it was in like, f- like four time signature. And tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. And so one time we read a light and it was going tick tock, tick tock. And I started going do 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 uh, And it got into his brain and it, like for weeks it would not leave his head every time he turned on his turn signal. <laughs> My Toyota. Yeah, basically. Okay. So, yeah, I hate those earworms. Anyway, I think that's the fresh shit. Let's get on with the show. We're in our late 40s at this point, and that means that for a while there, uh, we spent a fair amount of time just staring at the television blankly because there was nothing else to do mm-hmm, in the early we 90s. High. And um, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. And, <laughs> and that means that we saw an awful lot of the kids in the hall. Yes. And. And other various sketch comedy shows, because in the mid-90s, sketch comedy had this, like, weird resurgence with the state, and was it Exit 57? And, like, give it yeah, a weird name. it was name. like Mr. Mr. Sh- Mr. Show and Living Color, Ben, ben Stiller, Stiller, yeah, Mad TV, it, um, shit, Viva Variety came I mean, out after the it's state. It's always... There's always been sketch comedy, really. Everyone's been chasing Monty Python. Yeah. And, I think it's Saturday because the there were suddenly right? a lot of channels on cable and not enough programming, and that's very cheap. Get some some kids with some senses of humors and give them a camera and let them yeah. go. But Kids in the Hall, that was the probably the probably the most professional one because they'd been doing Canada theater sports for so long that. They had their shit yeah. down. Well, and they, yeah, and Lauren Michaels was sort of their champion, so they did manage to finally get onto the CBC, uh, and that's where HBO picked them up, which is where I, I assume all of us found them, is when that started. Yeah, happening. I think so Eric like, actually like is 80, the one who introduced, introduced me to the kids in the hall, because uh, he had HBO, yeah. right? And yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. there being like some sketch that I don't know that I've ever actually seen the sketch. I think I've only heard Eric recite the sketch to me, <laughs> which is probably better about about how it's the day the music died, and I assume it was Kevin McDonald uh, playing Buddy yeah. Holly. Yes, and he's like being an ass. He's just like, yeah. I can fly the plane because I'm fucking Buddy Holly. That's why. And I've Buddy never Mellon's seen that sketch. Bomb ass over by the window. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Yeah. Huh? I'm fucking Buddy Holly, that's who I am. Right now I'm on top of the fucking world. I'm 22, I got my whole life ahead of me. Who knows what great pop songs I'll write? Who knows what hard-working rock bands in towns like... I don't know, Liverpool, England. I'm being influenced by me right now. <laughs> so to this day, I'm not even convinced that was ever a kids in the hall sketch. I think it's just something Eric saw and attributed like, to the kids in the lives hall. In, lives in your yeah. dreams. I'll find it. Uh, I'll send it to you. What? It's now clip worthy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like that it's so they're a they're a five guy troop from Canada, as you mentioned. So it's let's 
can we list can we name all of the the members of the troop off the tops yeah, of our heads? Yeah. McDonald, uh, Bruce yeah. McCullough, uh, Scott. Oh, Scott Thompson. Thompson. Uh, Dave Foley. Dave and Foley. That other guy. Dave Foley. Mark, Mark McKinney. Mark McKinney. Yeah. So there's three mix in the middle, which is always funny to me because when they do the the roll call, it's always alphabetical, and so you get Dave Foley, then you get Mick, 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 and then Thompson. And that's how I remember. <laughs> so yeah, they're all a so, bunch of, and they they kind of have archetypes, right? So Bruce McCullough is he's actually one of the main writers for the group. He's the short guy with the dark hair who uh, tries to play the cool characters, but also plays the really really insecure characters. Yeah, the nerd like nerdy ones. There's um, Scott Thompson who is most well known in. Uh, for his swishy uh, gay character, um, Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Cole, yeah, Buddy something, Buddy, Buddy Cole, yeah. Uh, he's the most out gay person in the group. Um, Not sure any of them are gay, other than Mark- him. Yeah, I, I, hard to say. Maybe not. Um, Mark Mark McKinney uh, is sort of the most boring of the five he doesn't really have much of a personality he's the manager on he's the most um, store if you watch that on nbc yeah. yes. he's he's i think of all of them he's the most accomplished performer because he can literally blend into any role uh that they do on that show and for years i didn't appreciate that but the more i see of this troupe uh the more i appreciate what he brings to the table yeah, unfortunately, his most recognizable character... Well, chicken lady loves two, lies! One of them is the goddamn... Yeah, I hate the chicken lady. <laughs> what are you? God, you're not too bright. I'm a chicken lady. A chicken lady. Yeah, and I love life. Do you love life? Oh, yeah. I thought you might, because I put that in my personal Latin. Chicken lady loves life! Gee, I never took that literally. I never... No? <laughs> I never, never really took... Ch- chicken lady, literally. <laughs> oh, you're not too That's bright. That's not too no. bright. Just the way I like them. I'm cussing your head. I'm yeah, cussing your head. That one. That character. That one. You know, it's yeah, funny. Uh, my wife that. was saying uh, the the head crushing one is amazing because it's still part of the vocabulary, even though most people don't know what it's yeah. from. Yeah, I love the the lore behind it too. Is he and Kevin McDonald were on a double date that was really bad, <laughs> and so to fill time, McKinney just started doing that. I'm crashing your head, and so the like the women like stormed off, but McDonald McDonald thought it was pretty funny, <laughs> so they kept it. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so kudos to McKinney. Uh, so and then the the last two are easily the reason I think I was a fan of uh, the kids in the hall. Dave Foley. Uh, who went on to do news radio? Yeah, um, he's the sort of uh, boyish, good looks boy next door, really, really insincere, sarcastic guy. Yeah, um, and then um, Kevin McDonald, who is the um, he's like how would the, you describe him? He's like the the default nebbish guy. Uh, yeah, he's kind of, of the audience. He's kind of the audience proxy in a lot of sketches, where he's yeah. sort of like the 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 person who's just looking at all the madness around him and going, <laughs> "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, yeah. Although so basically it, he's Eric. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> although his, although the most 
memorable thing and hit from from him through the whole show and it's the one that always crops up first is the one where they make fun of the like academy awards and such and they do the clips and it's him doing the, sh- the movie about a guy with a spike in his head and his big speech is just <laughs> can't you see i got a spike in my head a spike in my head a spike in my head <laughs> so stupid <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's always the guy that's just sort of shat on by everybody else in most of these skits. <laughs> kind of like it's Eric. quite amusing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly like Eric. Uh, and I will say as well that the, their signature deal is that they do not hesitate to wear drag when the skit calls for it, but they do no, it. Quite a bit of hair and makeup. Yeah, in yeah this, but they do it so sincerely you know. that it it's almost sort of creepy because they and they're all dudes so they're they're not all very feminine but they all pull off their female characters mm-hmm. ridiculously mm-hmm. well and then that's always astonishing to me because it's, usually you can say oh it's just a dude in a drag it's like tom hanks and bosom buddies or whatever but these guys like holy shit you put them in the right wig that's a chick that's it's the fun. that's probably yeah. one of the most python things about them is that they're willing to do that, but the fact that they're dressed as women is not in and of itself the joke, you know? Right. They right. didn't. They didn't ever play that as for laughs. Whereas right. Monty Python, it was usually them playing like old women and doing it as sort of right uh, in on the joke. For Whereas them, Kids in the Hall, like it was just straight because they didn't have any women in the troupe, right. so they all just sort of had to do it by necessity. Exactly. They're still writing women, but they don't. You know, none of the five of them are women. Which I guess yeah. that in but and of also itself they had a decent, could be sexist. Yeah, they had a decent knack for actually taking a female perspective and making it, well, okay, as a male, I don't really know, but it seemed <laughs> yeah. credible, right? It seemed like they were actually playing <laughs> yeah. female characters with a yeah. real female perspective. Well, I like that they, they were sort of woke before woke was a thing. There's the one sketch where it's the five of them playing poker, and then they all start talking <laughs> about uh, various ways that they would want to be like a woman. Like Foley wants to have a, a menstrual cycle. Uh, Thompson wants to have like the baby. I and mean, this is like the stupidest discussion about dudes playing poker. Uh, but that sort of shows you where they're coming from. I think they just they get that women have issues as well, and they don't play down on that at all. They don't punch down. Uh, they just sort of present it as is. Uh, but it's always weird to me when they do that because Dave Foley of all of them looks the most like a woman when he's dressed in drag like yep. dis- disconcertingly so you forget that he's a guy like when he does the the hooker sketch with with scott thompson my god like the, i've been the saying that to people for years too and they look <laughs> at me weird i'm like that's but of course i say you know what dave foley looks kind of hot as a woman i think that's probably what what works against yeah me. He, but he does he's an attractive woman uh and then like scott thompson depending on the character uh can look very feminine uh, they all to to a degree can, but it's sort of like on the. Then. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sorry, so, I think of Scott Thompson. Yeah. I think of the uh, prison sketch. He does a lot of monologues. Yeah. On that. That's when yeah. the acid kicked in. <laughs> the next thing I remember was flying at the Queen, screaming, "You're not really singing. Who cares?" <laughs> A scuffle ensued. 
And in the melee, the knitting needles in her hairdo pierced her skull and she was killed instantly. <laughs> but it didn't seem to affect her act one bit. Oh no, Miss Peggy Lee kept right on singing. And he apparently he's their go-to waiter character. He's played more waiters <laughs> than right. anyone on <laughs> And they make fun of him for it. I think they actually did a sketch where he played a waiter and then they gave him the award for playing the waiter the most. On the show, that was I the just, whole sketch. I, you know, they break this in the middle of the sketch. They break and they just go. I'm sorry, this is all a ruse. This is to give Scott an award for. This is the thousandth time he's played a waiter in a sketch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, uh, and they—that's the other thing um, that I think was a, was a real signature of the show was just the surrealism mm-hmm. of the whole thing. Yeah. Generally speaking, any sketch is about how at least one character is acting completely wrong. And it's how everybody else reacts to that, right? Yeah. Um, but but Eric, to your point about the fourth wall breaking, one of the most surreal sketches and one of our favorites and most quotable was "Screw you, taxpayer!" <laughs> Screw you, taxpayer! <laughs> so it is so that's my favorite sketch of theirs, I think, above else because it's a giant f you to everything, even sketch comedy. Yeah, it- it's 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 this terrible sketch. It's racist. It's stupid. The jokes aren't funny. And that's the point. And at one point McKinnon just breaks and breaks the fourth wall, looks at the camera and goes, Wow, what a bad sketch. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and it sets well, poor taste too. Well, because it starts out like McKinney shows up to pick up his date and the parents answer the door and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry, she died two years ago. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. And then they cut <laughs> Bruce McCullough is a rickshaw driver, and he's going, not my fault, I stubbed my toe. <laughs> and then it turns yeah. out that he still Don't wants to take me. the girl on a date. Yeah. <laughs> and so they give her, they give the, the urn of the woman's ashes to the guy to go out on the date, and then Thompson, as the dad, gives him a condom and says, Don't forget to use one of these. And you're like, What in the fuck yeah. is this? <laughs> and that's when he breaks the fourth wall and then explains how through the way the tax system in Canada works, portions of tax money have actually funded this entire <laughs> enterprise. <laughs> it just goes from there. The stuff that they do, though, it, it vacillates between that sort of vibe and then they get into just the, the hardcore character-driven stuff. And they all, like you say, have a very distinct signature. Uh and so you always kind of know what you're going to get when one of them steps up to bat, but it's not always what you expect. You know what I mean? They, they managed to just tweak it enough to keep it going for the five seasons or whatever that it was on. I think they're really yeah, masters no. of like shooting at you from different angles so that you don't really yes. know what's coming next. <laughs> like with Saturday yeah. Night Live, I feel like no matter how good it is, I always kind of know what what the state of the joke is going to be. I know it's going to run too long yeah. and I know after commercial, they're going to do it again. And this one, yeah. they would like, they do something like, you know, you're not a true doors fan or something. And you're like, <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Depeche mode sucks. And then it cuts right into, uh, uh, office hunting, which is to me, that is my favorite kids. <laughs> oh, the, the, hall. the trappers. Yeah. Yeah. The trappers. We must not overhunt yeah. them the way we did the beaver. You know, uh, and oh, what were we thinking? Oh, the beaver. And they had one where <laughs> it was like an ape man who is in an office and he starts jumping around. And it's just, it's so not funny. And it goes for like two or three minutes and it ends with like a, a, a letter saying, 
you know, hi, I watched the kids in the hall. No, no, the kids in the hall is not funny. They should do something more like the Sonny and Cher ape man sketch. And it's from an executive at CBS. <laughs> Whoa, this is coming in all directions. Just the weirdness. Yeah. But it is, it is just, yeah. just intentionally obtuse. And that's, yeah. that's to me, their magic. To me, the magic really is the comedy duo, like I said, of Dave Foley and um, Bruce McCullough. Um, McDonald. No, um, Kevin McDonald. Kevin McDonald. Kevin oh, McDonald. Yeah. Um, Kevin McDonald is such a great straight man to <laughs> Dave Foley's also kind of straight man, but they it's like they're both just a little bit off. So like two two very similar sketches with totally different results. Um there's one where they're at a party and Dave Foley's character has a speech impediment that makes everything sound sarcastic. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Hi, I'm Derek. Pleased to meet you. Well, it certainly is a pleasure to meet you, Derek. <laughs> I'm sorry if I bothered you. Oh, no, you're not bothering me, Derek. Far from it. There's nothing I would rather do than just stand here and chat with you. You know, really get to know you. <laughs> I think one of you said that, that that's just basically what I'm like all the time. And I thought, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> that was probably me. But the other one um, is one where um, uh, Kevin... Kevin McDonald's character is getting a promotion and they're at a, a a business party and he's being introduced to to people, you know, in the power structure. And one of them is Dave Foley's character who just sits there with a completely charming smile on his face and says nothing to anything Kevin McDonald says. And he's just like, <laughs> so how are you? Nothing. Yeah. And eventually he's just like, what the hell is wrong with you? And then everybody comes back and the Dave Foley character speaks up and says something really that did not happen, but that's embarrassing to the Kevin McDonald character. You know, like, oh, you know, he just opened up to me and told me he's a bedwetter, you know. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but why did you tell him I said that? <laughs> I never said that. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah, like how he always gets into that, like, fever pitch of a, of a voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's like his signature move. But my favorite yeah. sketch with them, though, uh, is it's got to be the series where they do uh, the Pit of Eternal Darkness or whatever it's called, where it's basically the Sir Simon Milligan and Dark Hecubus. Darkness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, where they're where they're Satanists, but they're so not. And uh, like McDonald is Sir Simon Milligan, and he brings up Hecubus, his little minion, and he's like, "That's pure evil, Hecubus." He's like, "Hecubus, I want you to pick a card, any card, any card." No. Evil! Evil! <laughs> it's always seemed like really benign things that he keeps shouting is evil! Evil! Oh, they're so ridiculous. Yeah, we're like yes, master. the plot of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But heck, yeah. Miss, I haven't seen the movie yet! I know. Yeah, their most, yeah, I think their most talked about sketch is the Citizen Kane one, though, which is always a little too sketchy for my taste, but it's still pretty funny. Uh, where Foley's basically saying, yeah, I saw this movie last night, and I can't remember what it was, but it was really good. Uh, it was like a, 
a rich guy who died and they're looking back on his life. Oh, it was Citizen Kane. No, no, that's not it. That's not it. And then he keeps describing <laughs> Citizen Kane to a T. He's like, it was Citizen Kane. And then by the end, McDonald's like, it was Citizen Kane. He's got this knife. He's like stabbing him in the chest repeatedly. <laughs> it's like, whoa. And that's the beauty of it is that they, they escalate it to such dark places. And sometimes you don't even like see it coming. Uh, but other times the whole sketch is predicated on just being, this is just really fucked up and dark, but it's really goddamn funny at the yeah. same time. And I don't know how they always broke that tightrope. So I brought, I brought it up because they're going to get a new series on Amazon Prime. Oh shit. Uh, and yeah. And that, that got announced like a, a month or two ago. Yeah. Uh, and they're getting on in years. So I'm not sure how they can like do it yet again. Well, uh. well they they have over the past like twenty some odd years have toured on occasion and written new material. And then and this is one I didn't recognize, I didn't know about, but I found it uh and now I have to watch it. But they did a mini series about ten years ago for the CBC uh mm-hmm. called Death Death Comes to Town. Uh, and yes. it's kind of looks look kind of like a League of Gentlemen kind of thing, where it's basically just set in this small Canadian town, and death is just there killing people, and they have to figure out what's going on, and it's just all these random characters, and they play all of them basically. Uh, yeah, so, that so I actually watched the first two episodes of Death Comes to Town to prep for this podcast, and I gotta tell good? you, it's better. It's better than Brain Candy. It's better than their movie Brain Candy. Um, Brain Candy is yeah, yeah, okay. We can come back to Brain Candy, but Death yeah. Comes to Town is solid. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I'm actually guffaw laughing at anything. And I've gone back and watched a bunch of their old sketches and, you know, kind of a nice nostalgia buzz. And yeah. Death Comes to Town is all new and it's really good and it's well acted and it's well lit. Yeah. Um, and, and again, hair and makeup for days on this thing. And, and the hair and makeup <laughs> allows them to play somewhat younger characters all all, um, all things you really want to hear when you're when you're being uh, recommended a comedy the hair the makeup it's called it's called death it's called death comes i hear town, the craft man. services Mwah. well <laughs> i like that uh i i found some random interview in 2010 where they were all promoting it when it was about to come out and they were talking about how they had come up with the idea and then McCullough thompson and McDonald went off to L.A. to write it on this nugget of an idea. And mm-hmm. right when they were going to start, uh, that's when Thompson found out he had cancer. And so he had to go do chemo and kind of disappeared. <laughs> so they made mm-hmm. this, and they did this whole joke about, yeah, thanks a lot, Bruce, for giving me cancer right before we shoot a <laughs> thing called Death Comes to Town. <laughs> it's like... It's, it, oh yeah, it's actually pretty fun. Um, they they make fun of the themselves in meta ways too. Like Dave Foley's playing uh, a female character, and somebody comments that she's gained a lot of weight. Um, there's a there's a point where one of the characters uh, is hitting on a girl in a bar, and the girl's played by an actual girl in her twenties, and she's like, "Dude, I'm three eighths your age." <laughs> you know, so. good time. Like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I th- and I think they. <laughs> They've toured since then. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> uh, uh, so, it's, so it's actually worth your time. Check it out. Okay, yeah. I think it's on YouTube is where I found it, but 
I don't know if it's yeah, anywhere it's, else. It's been there are people who have uploaded it to YouTube. You can you can watch it there. Okay. Okay. Good. Uh but yeah, great. it seemed like it had all the hallmarks of their uh their more classic stuff. Be, so be great if then the new show if if they can get Catherine De Boer in it again. She she one of the few women they've had on the show. Who is she? Uh she was usually Bruce McCullough's uh high school girlfriend. Uh oh, okay. Yeah, she, she, uh, she and, and and of course everyone knows her as uh, 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 Esri Dax on the last season of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Yes, I brought it back to Star Trek. I brought it oh, back to Star Trek, oh. motherfuckers. Yeah, well, wasn't uh, Nev Campbell also a guest on the show once? I, I, I think I read that somewhere as well. What Star Trek episode but, was yeah. she in? Uh, the good one. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> the one with Neff Campbell. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when you uh, that would have been watch- funnier if it was Courtney Cox and not Neff Campbell. I got my scream actresses mixed up. That'd there. be oh, the yeah. that'd be the one funny thing Courtney Cox has ever done. But on bumps. But yeah, and reading over their their stuff, I guess there's a book out that is recent called "The Kids in the Hall: One Dumb Guy," which sort of chronicles their whole uh, story. And I didn't realize that there was a lot of acrimony after the show ended in 95 leading up to Brain Candy. Really? Uh, so, yeah. So, Between apparently they the were- five guys? Pretty, yeah. And, yeah. It, and it kind of all sort of stemmed into uh, Foley had gotten the gig for news radio. So, he was doing the big network show. And he kind of just got dropped from anything related to the creative process for Brain Candy. Oh. Uh, but he was contractually. Why I didn't like brain candy. Yeah. Candy, so yeah. So his roles. In it. Yeah, his roles got written way down. He didn't get a writing credit or anything on it. But he he was, I guess, contractually obligated. So he came in and and did his few bits. Uh, and so they were pretty much all like, because it's like, yeah, let's get together. And then usually, apparently, there's one of them that just sort of doesn't want to. And so it's sort of like pulling teeth to get them all to agree to do these things. Uh, which is just weird. I didn't realize that it was that much of a like a, a give and take, uh, given their long history together and the fact that they're still performing. <laughs> but the fact that I, yeah, I get the they, impression that Kevin McDonald and Bruce McCullough have never really had a problem with getting the kids in the hall going again every time it happens. Yeah. But yeah, some of the other ones maybe. Well, it's interesting because they all sort of split off, and it's kind of like Monty Python. They all kind of found their own solo deals yeah. uh to varying degrees of success uh but then all sort of coalesce around these movies or shows or whatever uh and then kind of move on again because the one interview i saw when they were pimping death comes to town is the the interviewer was a student enough to ask them he's like so when you guys started the show you were younger you kind of just did your thing but now when you do these things again do you feel like it's a wider like breadth of experience that you can apply to these characters or is it like just you know just spit them out because they're goofy and they they all like hemmed and hawed because apparently they don't like to dissect the whole theory of comedy (laughs) so they said as soon as they just start yeah when they start talking about that in a group and they're like no no we got to cut this out now or it's going to kill everything (laughs) i'm like yes finally (laughs) finally somebody like yeah we do this and this and this it's like no just do it there's nothing more boring than 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 comedians talking about the process of comedy, except maybe writers talking about writing. Yeah, <laughs> so it's <laughs> which is why funny. you went and got a whole degree in that. Oh right? yeah, that's why it was yeah. so boring. Are you kidding? 
<laughs> I've I appreciated his time getting his uh his much sought after theater degree though. I think he uh he earned that. Thank you. Every step of the way. Thank you. Uh <laughs> and I used that a Good lot times. in the zeros. Especially the diction classes. Yes. I have no well, money for food. I require food stamps. <laughs> I require sustenance. Uh yes, well, it just makes I can because- do filing. I am a temp. Yeah. Well, you brought up earlier at the start where literally like everybody had a, a some sort of sketch thing going in the 90s yeah. for whatever reason. Uh, and it always made me think it's like we it's sort of like I look back on it going all of the shit that we used to just riff on when we were hanging out. It's like we could have done that. But then I realized that none of us would have stuck with it. We'd have gotten bored. We'd be like, oh, fuck this. Or one of us just wouldn't have shown up for one of the things. I think that's actually would have all just crumbled off a podcast. Here. I think yeah. that's yeah. the most destructive yeah. thing about you know, everyone's attitude in the 90s is everyone was like, I can do that. And the truth is no one could do that. Because very few yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah, everyone was lazy. Very few. Uh, but yeah, and reading the the history of the kids in the hall, though, it's just sort of. I mean, Dave Foley's like a high school dropout. Uh, Kevin McDonald's dad was like an alcoholic, uh, unemployed salesman, etc. Uh, etc. Et it's like what the fuck? It's like no wonder their sketches are so dark. It's like they all grew up in these really fucked up suburban hell holes. In in Canada, no less, and it just infuses every bit of their work. It's just like like the drunk dad sketch, where it's uh, Dave Foley is the drunk. Oh, yeah, where he's like, it's like shot from the perspective of the kid in bed, and Dave Foley is like the drunk dad, and like reaching in to kill him in one spot when he wakes up, and then pull back at the last minute and just tell him, "You're not loved. Nobody loves you." He's like, "You remember when I got you that puppy for Christmas? I went out and had it killed." (laughs) No, I'm only kidding. Like, I would even get you a puppy. I mean, it's just shit like that. <laughs> Apparently, all of that is verbatim from McDonald's life, except for, like, uh, one of the the smaller details of the sketch. And I read that. It was that's like, what, holy what fuck. Is, Eric was referencing a whole other yeah. sketch where it's a kid's 13th birthday, and his dad takes him out to, to just no, that's, go on a bender and yell at no, him. No, well, yeah, it, that's, it, Ma- it that's Bruce McCullough. Well, that's Bruce McCullough. You out and- yeah. We're going to, you know, today you're going to be a man. And you think that he's taking him like to a hooker or something. It's like, okay, I could see the comedic possibilities in this. But then, no, he pulls over <laughs> to the side of the road and he says, and now you're going to do what I did, what my father before me did. Watch your father get piss blind drunk. And he just starts drinking and saying, <laughs> and yeah, awful and make shit. an ass of himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love like the, the, my favorite bit though is when he's in the middle there and he's just going, sometimes $10. It's just ten dollars. Sometimes twenty dollars. This is twenty dollars. <laughs> like show them sleeping on the ground, and then they come back up. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Oh. but yeah, that's the the beauty of it is that they they do all these weird observational bits, but they just turn it up to just the weird level eleven, where it's just so like that's just yeah. not right must be said but it's they, so right it doesn't age well i have to say every I, I i come back to it every few years the old stuff and maybe it's because i already know the punchline i will oh i will grant mm-hmm. you that but yeah uh, <laughs> i it's it's just it doesn't hold up it and i i wonder if it's because a lot of the uh, they do a lot of making fun of pop culture and yeah you know that of course well, expires. I think it's just- well, I think you're you're pretty much describing any sort of 
sketch comedy thing. I mean, it's, you know, from Saturday Night Live, even Monty Python, I mean, to a certain yeah. degree. Yeah. Uh, it's just either uh, it, it is too rooted in the time that it was done, or just there's enough life experience in between watching it that first time and watching it now yeah. where you're sort of not as enthralled by it. I think, uh, I think, it, yeah, I think it's a mix of both. It's that that's something that specifically is written by and for 20 somethings, but also, um, yeah. you, you watch old Saturday night live. Everyone talks about the first season of Saturday night live and how genius it was. That's because they nope. only ever show the greatest hits. If you watch like a yeah, full episode, right. it's dog shit most of the time. It's them <laughs> well, feeling their way like every through the season dark of Saturday Night Live. How to ever, do a variety right? show? Yeah, yeah. They had, well, that's just the law of dim- diminishing returns for any sort of sketch, though. They had, they had no in the first season. Uh, Richard Pryor's wife, the white one, reading poetry. What? You gotta fill time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but for us, for kids in the hall, I mean, yeah, there's an awful lot of, you know, fuck you, mom and dad, especially coming from the, you know, the Scott Thompson, you know, coming out sketches or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah. there's there's just a whole lot of yeah, I'm I'm an adult now, youthful rebellion. You can't tell me what to do. I'm gonna taste the ham of truth going on <laughs> in this show. Enjoying your ham steak, at Bob. Yeah, I like it. It's really fucking good. Oops. I mean, fine ham abounds, Mom. Well, you know what I do to make it so fa 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 fa. Said the F word, seven pounds, four ounces. Now he says the F word at the dinner table. I think it I think it works for, you know, people in that moment uh who are having that same experience but just not as absurdly. Yeah. Well, for me it's and looking back on it now, uh I, I didn't notice it as much when it was first out cuz all of their sketches were that's you know the young kids like screw the man and blah, 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 and you know those were the ones that sort of resonated, but they also do a tremendous amount of sketches where it's, you know, uh, middle-aged and older folks just trapped in dead-end jobs and just being miserable. Mm-hmm. And Don't I worry, think they nailed a lot of that sort of thing. You'll discover jazz. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it typifies. Yeah. Don't worry. As bad yeah. as you think life is, I swear to you, it gets worse. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but my favorite sketch still to this day, and I can still watch it and laugh, is the one about Sherling. Uh because yeah. it's just so left of center. And basically it's just like two teams uh it's like four guys each and then they go one after the other around a tree stump and they chain themselves and then <laughs> the ref comes in and drops a spitting cobra and then they move around the stump until one of them gets spit in the face <laughs> and the other team gets points for that and then at the end it's the guy that's promoting it uh looking at the receipts and they're not very good and he's sort of bemoaning that and then a monster trucker played by Bruce McCullough drives up and tells him, don't worry, one day, Sherling, it's going to be like monster trucking used to be. <laughs> it's like he gives him that little bit of hope. Hey, get, but he has um, the great line, well, that means a lot coming from a monster trucker like yourself. It's like, what yeah. the fuck does that <laughs> but mean? It, <laughs> yeah, but it's like but when he's reading the receipts and he's like, and McKinney is this, like the Scottish promoter and the dude walking out is like, so, so my friend, what did you think? 
He's like, oh, uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty yeah, weird. Uh, yeah. So what'd you think? It's okay. It's kind of weird. Uh, I think you mean intense. Uh, <laughs> I might mean strange. Nope. I think you mean intense. <laughs> I think you mean intense. <laughs> and so for years, it, just randomly, I would do that to people, and they'd look at me like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> I think you mean intense. Uh, it's just the embedded sketch that in your I fed. keep having to reference for people is the girl drink drunk sketch. <laughs> That's a good one. That's I'm a good un- one. unapologetic about drinking, you know, fruity drinks that taste yeah. good as opposed to things that don't. And and then I tell people about the sketch where, uh, yeah, guy guy becomes a, an alcoholic, but he has to have girl drinks, so he's like hiding a blender in the copy room and little umbrellas and shit. <laughs> yeah, he's got to put umbrellas in it, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I think we've all the- been boring people for years, though, with our interactive... My mom saw the fly. I mean, we do that Shut at up. the drop of a hat. Well, I never saw the fly. Did you see the fly? Of course I saw the fly. I never saw the fly. <laughs> he saw the fly. Well, I never saw the fly. Everyone saw the fly. No, I never saw the fly. My parents saw the fly. I never saw the fly. My children saw the fly. Shut up. I never saw the fly. <laughs> My cousin saw the fly. Shut, Shut up. up. <laughs> Everyone it's saw the fly. And, and Brian Atlanta, is, of course, always know. the one who, goes, who does the... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> The thing about that is to drop Not it in this as again. a drop. There's a there's a freaking parrot in that um, sketch. It's part of the rhythm of it, and it squawks and it's loud and irritating in the headphones. Anyway, so I hope yeah. you all enjoyed listening to it yet again. Yeah, thirty Helens agree. <laughs> it's a good sketch. <laughs> so there's that, like those are the only like four or five times. But a those year. are the but those are the only two sketches I can think of that aren't really oh. them. It's the 30 Helens, uh, which that one sort of, it becomes a one note joke, but then they do the one where 30 Helens agree, and then one of them's late, and then they have to switch it. 29 Helens agree. Punctuality is important. <laughs> Just shit like that. And then the It's a Fat Girl, uh, who I think finally disappeared on one and Martin McKinney took her place. They've been married over 50 years. Of course, the booze helps. The booze helps. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can kick him to death. I was going to go for closing thoughts. So, yeah. yeah. Closing thoughts? Yeah, I got closing thoughts. It, it, rewatching them, it seems like it's the most Gen X thing of all the Gen X things. Yeah. Closing thoughts. I can't hear you. Incredible Hulk. God yeah. damn it. Okay. We can hear you. But can you, you can't hear me. Can you hear us now? Can you hear us? We can hear we can hear Eric just fine. He just can't hear us. So <laughs> that's probably he, true. He's in a But well, what's funny is I can hear you but you can't moment. hear me. Yeah, we can. Yeah. We can totally hear you. <laughs> Wait, this is like a sketch. Damn, oh right? yeah, oh yeah. I think oh, we good. just wrote okay. a sketch. <laughs> we just wrote a sketch. Awesome. Well, shit. Final thoughts. Go. Do. Uh, when does the new show come out? Do we know? Uh, well, I think nobody knows now because it was announced right before the whole world went into quarantine. Mm. So, mm, mm. sometime. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I assume it's in production and or imminent or not. Yeah. Couldn't say. Well, my final thought would just then be to tell anybody that's not familiar with Kids in the Hall to go find it, watch a few, see what you think. Uh, you can take or leave brain candy, honestly. Uh, yeah, leave it. Uh, but apparently Death Comes to Town is a real hoot. So it, It's better than brain candy. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> it's a fact. The bar's been set. <laughs> so, um, it's also a fact that you can find our old shows on our website. Uh, or, or if you could just subscribe to the podcast, that'd be grand. Or, you know, rate it and share it on your social media feeds. But, but if you want to pick out specific episodes and find out more about them, you can go to our website, maghuge.com. M-A-G-H-U-G-E dot com. And there you can also find uh, links to all of our social feeds. So on Twitter, we're at MagHuge. And we're on Facebook, the Magnificently Huge Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram, or you can email us, MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com, and tell us what you think 30 Helens agree about. All right. Uh, come back it's next week pill. for more Gen X nonsense. For giving worms to ex-girlfriends. You don't get it. Oh, hey. Yeah. My my phone's working again, so, like, what did I miss?